Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman, performance coach, media personality, and personal trainer. And I'm Chris Gorez, master trainer and international presenter for the last 17 years. 17. I feel like right. at this point, it's just getting, you're getting a year every episode, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So today, Chris, uh, coming off just an incredible weekend of basketball last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, much more incredible in the women's tournament than the men's, if we're being honest, right. uh, men's tournament. I mean, it was, it was an interesting tournament, very different uh, in terms of the college basketball than it's been in the past, but the star power and the, star and power the best play, yeah. uh, I think, was, was certainly on the women's side of things. You, uh, you actually want to talk about the difference in performance coaching and training between the men's and the women's side of it um my initial reaction to this was there's not that much of a difference um which i guess there's not a huge but there are there are some subtle things and, and some things to think about over the long term that i know you want to talk about so uh where do we start yeah well i think there's well certainly there's there's a lot of performance training that we always talk about right and, and a lot of performance training is also about how you recover from these workouts and that is actually very different on the men's side and, and the women's side the training side probably not too much. There are small little things to consider, but definitely uh, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to uh, like managing your hormones and all those other things, it's definitely different on the women's side or the female side than it is for the males. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And there's obviously a lot of emerging research on cycle syncing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest anybody who wants to know a lot more about that to slide back in the archives. Um, we had Rachel guest host an episode uh, with Monica Jones. That was fantastic. And Monica's done a lot of work in that space. So kind of the depth on how some of that works um, is is in that episode. But I would also say this. Um, Rachel and I were actually talking about this this weekend where like – to treat every man, woman, person Correct. of any kind the same, like we, we group for generalities and kind of best practices and that's fine. Um, but we're also at the end of the day training individuals. And so the way, like the, the variance in how much one woman's hormones might change, uh, or a man's whatever might change over this course of, you know, from from person to person is going to be very different, very individualized. Um, so obviously anybody should seek uh, individual attention based off that with the the proper experts. But um, you know, uh, on the general side of things, in terms of recovery and best practices, as you've worked with a lot of athletes over the years, what are some of the things that you found as as best practices and, and safe places to be? Yeah, so uh, some some things to consider. First of all, I mean, the the, the biggest difference, obviously, between a female and a male is estrogen that's the biggest difference right like the the presence of estrogen in the female's body they're going to have way more estrogen than a male does that's just facts right uh the the other thing and there's been a lot of studies about why men are more explosive and and this and that and and that is kind of the general idea men are typically more explosive when you take somebody who is uh, a similar body size and height um the muscle velocity contraction is actually the same but the muscle fiber in a male is going to be slightly bigger than the muscle fiber in a female so if that muscle fiber which is slightly bigger is contracting at the same velocity it's going to be typically a little bit more explosive than your female counterpart right um so it's not because men have a, a different structural anatomy it's just that there's it's slightly larger than on, on a female side so that's one thing men are a little bit more explosive females tend to fatigue less than men do, or, or I should say that differently. Men fatigue faster than women do. Uh, they, they just mm-hmm. do. So so women are going to respond to steady state a lot better than men do. Um, women are going to recover 
faster typically than men do. Um, especially when you talk about like high volume training, women are going to recover faster from that type of workout and even in between sets than, than men do. Um, and that's, that's typically what the researchers show. So now, uh, obviously, like you said, this is very individualized. Um, we're, we're not going to necessarily change the workouts, but maybe take that into consideration. And, and what studies have also shown is that as the training age starts to go up in males and females, meaning like if you take a novice male and a novice female, there's going to be some differences there that you should consider. As they start to train more and more and they become more and more experiences, more and more experienced, sorry, then those differences become more and more minimal. So you don't have to, to take into consideration as much uh, because it starts to it starts to equal out as far as uh, their strength capacity, uh, their aerobic capacity, all, and all those things. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get adaptation, and right. you know, like the the overwhelming you know human physiological response that's going to be the overlap, which again is like most of how every every relevant factor that we're talking about here is going to adapt over time and. And achieve those similar, you know, those similar adaptations. And so if we're talking about performance training in terms of higher level athletes, it's why I think over the years, like the, the people who actually like strength coaches who actually train women's teams, like they would train their men's teams, AKA doing the best practices, you know, doing the, the higher weights and, you know, trying to help with velocity based training or whatever it is based off the sport. Like those are the people that have had the most success, um, both in the performance and the injury prevention space. Right. Uh, Cause we've often, often talked about how those are two sides of the same coin. And I think that's the, the biggest, I think misnomer is like, you know, Hey, y- there is a difference. It's like, no, there's, there's really not, um, th- again, little subtle things perhaps to put, but like, I would also say nothing you just said would make me train any Correct. particular client differently on either yeah. end of the spectrum. Right. Um, like it might explain if someone is, you know, recovering a little bit better, or a little bit worse. But at the end of the day, like, I, I think that the biggest mistakes that have been made on training, especially female athletes over the years is under training them is underloading them. Uh, mm-hmm. because for some reason, you know, it's just, patriarchal bias whatever you know on down the list of reasons uh people like coaches have just thought and predominantly a a male dominated field by the way in the course of its history although that is certainly changing for the better now as well like it's like oh they can't handle it and it's like no no no, they can and you're actually screwing them over in performance and injury by the fact that you've underloaded them and so making sure that you you truly load your athletes and push them no matter who they are i think is like the most important thing that i've taken away of of the things that i've looked at over the years and talking to various strength coaches at high levels and and that includes watching you do it watching you know even like your daughter mila you know she can deadlift a house and a half at this point it started off as just a house but (laughs) she's now adapted to to, she's she's pushing two houses and and why Watching how strong these athletes can be um, if you actually give them the chance to reach those adaptations and, and put the proper loads on them over time. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly hit the nail on the head. Like, you're definitely not going to shy away from training a female. I don't think that it changes anything in terms of, like, the mentality, the principles of, hey, we're going to load you. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more powerful. We're going to load you at high intensities, this and that. I think maybe the, the difference is, like, hey, when we load high-intensity deadlift, like, I might go 5 by 3 with an experienced guy. I might go 5 by 4 with an experienced female. Like, that's, that, that's literally the difference of one extra rep 
uh, per set because we, we know that men are slightly more explosive than, than females are and, and females respond better to slightly more volume. But that's it. Like that's the difference in, in that workout. And that's really we're only talking about block A or block one or whatever you want to call that power block where we're doing some explosive high intensity lifts. We're going to add an extra rep per set. Like that's really it. So let me ask you this, what over time, obviously in like one workout, that's not going to make any difference, but sure. over time, like what are the, what are the, the adaptation, like results-based differences of doing yeah. that one rep per set difference? Well, okay. So the, the, the research on the estrogen says that one, that they're not going to be able to, that, all right. So females are not going to be able to exhaust their system as fast as men do. That's just what one of the limiting factors are, right? So they can take on more volume and they can recover faster in between sets than men do, right? So like there's been sprint workouts where women and men will do the exact same sprint workouts throughout the week and women would recover faster in between sprints and they would recover faster in between those days of those sprints because they don't get to the same, I don't know, I don't know how to call it, but whatever it is, they don't have the same force output, so they don't have as much to recover. I don't know what I don't actually don't know what that is. So I'm just going to say that I don't know because I don't want somebody to be like, oh, well, this is a thing. And if you want to know more, maybe she should definitely encourage you to go do some more research. But over time, what it's shown is that we can train a little bit more frequently with a little bit more volume for the women, whereas the men don't need quite as much volume because they can exhaust themselves a lot fa- a lot faster than a woman can right so, so basically if like the tank w- per set the tank is going to empty in thirds let's say for men in yeah. quarters for women and eventually yes, you get to that same you. point of of exhausting it yep. but well, i guess what i'm asking is like from a result standpoint then it, it ends at the same point it just takes that extra rep typically yeah. uh to get there so that at that point you're getting your maximum speed or strength adaptation based off of whatever it is that you're trying to exhaust at the time yes exactly and, and there are some other practical limiting factors as well here too right so like men tend to have better grip strength than women do right um and that's something that is a limiting factor when we're talking about things like deadlift or clean or anything like that so that we do need to add a little bit more weight. Oh, I'm sorry. We do need to add a, one more rep or two because women aren't going to be able to hold a three rep max weight or a one rep max weight. They're, right. they're only going to be able to hold a, you know, wh- whatever it is, 85% of their actual true max, right? So there's some other limiting factors there, but from a biological standpoint, yes, the, 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 because of the estrogen, because the muscle fibers are slightly larger in men, they're going to fatigue faster, be more explosive and women are going to recover faster and need a little bit more volume to truly exhaust that part of the, the muscle contraction. Right. And as you said, though, over time, that gap is going to shrink because the adaptation will come and say the grip strength. Um, right. And then the other obvious one is like mass moves mass. And so, you know, yes, right. men can typically on average lift more than women. But if you do it by percent body weight, um, that is not true. And certainly there's incredible yeah. like power lifters and, and women who have trained and you see like that's the thing that's so cool to me is like when you see the, yes. the hyper elite and it's like okay they've gotten the adaptation and like the gap yes. is gone and that's and that's and that's where the gap really closes the gap that always remains the same is the explosiveness and i want to i want to separate those two because those two are not the same thing as we know like strength and power are not the same thing right. so 
the, the the gaps in strength are completely not true. We know that we know now that women are just as strong as men, pound for pound. When you look at the anatomy, when you compare people with similar size, it's the explosiveness that's a little bit different when it comes to males and females. So if you take a a, a man and a woman who can both deadlift five hundred pounds, that male is going to be slightly more explosive than that female is going to be. So you just, see it like a bar speed type of thing. Correct. It, correct. Exactly. Gotcha. Or if gotcha. we did like a vertical jump, right? That's uh, the male is going to win in that vertical jump than the female over the female. Right. And as you, and just to, to like bring that home, obviously that gap can close over time with the adaptation and the training. Yeah. Um, it's going to be bigger. I guess I should put it this way. It's going to be bigger at the novice level correct. than it is at, yeah. the, at the higher elite levels. Yeah. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. And Chris, I remember when Momentus was just a company with three protein blends, and then right. that, was, that was it. Now, pretty much anything in the supplement game, you can get at livemomentous.com. That's right. If you go to livemomentous.com right now, you might not even recognize some of these products. And for me, I'm definitely going to change my monthly subscription. I've been getting the brain drive. I've been getting the elite sleep. I've been getting the collagen, and it looks like... I need to up my game a little bit and take a look at some of these products like the Alpha. Yeah, no doubt. And what's great about Momentus' website, uh, which you can go to right now, livemomentus.com, is that they also have a lot of descriptions and information on best usage, best practices. It's not just like, hey, here's all this stuff. It's like, hey, are you looking for this? Well, then you should get that. So any supplementation needs you may have, they've got you covered. And it's, it's stuff that, like, look, if you, want, if you want the four-hour description on what Tangat Ali does... You go to the Huberman Lab podcast. They got you covered. That's, that's not us. But it might be something that you need. So go check it out. And here's what we do have for you. We have a discount. LiveMomentous.com. Use TWTB at checkout for a special discount. TWTB is in Train With The Best at LiveMomentous.com. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku. And we've been partners with Jaku for basically a year now, Chris. Can't believe how much the time has flown by. And it's still just as spectacular as it was when we discovered it. It's plain and simple. Good, reliable timing on your speed drills, on your multi-directional drills. You know, how many of us who are speed coaches just need a good, accurate time out there to verify, one, the results that we're getting, and two, the trends that we're going in, right? So this is a great product for, for anybody who is a speed trainer or anybody who works with athletes. And now you're even able to track vertical jump, which is such a valuable tool when you're taking a look at somebody's program. So make sure you check out Jaku. And Craig, what's the code that they should be using? You go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. You get a 20% discount on all Jaku products of so the muscle blasters and everything as well. But yeah, I mean, I used to always love coming down to Onyx, testing my vertical on the Vertec machine. Now, now I don't have, even have to do that. You don't need a, a big, giant, high ceiling to, to have a Vertec and be able to extend it up. You just put the Jaku on your wrist, set it up. There you go. It's all cell phone app based. So go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. Get 20% off the Jaku Speed and all other Jaku products. The Chairman of the Best podcast is brought to you by BlazePod. And Chris, what's so great about BlazePod is you can use it in every part of the workout. You can use it to help warm up. You can use it in kind of your main parts of the workout. You can use it as a finisher. What's your go-to recently with BlazePod? Yeah, for me, what I love using BlazePod for is just keeping our athletes engaged. So, you know, you, you can get into the rut of the workout where 
you're doing time sets if you've got 30 second plank a 30 second wall sit or whatever but if you add blaze pods to that now that 30 seconds doesn't seem like it's so long and it keeps the clients a little bit more engaged a little bit more motivated to perform well and it's something that just adds a lot of fun to the session no doubt. Uh, we could all use uh, a little attention for our inner child. And who doesn't love stuff that lights up? And oh, by the way, it's an elite training tool, the best of all worlds. And of course, we got the hookup for you. Use the code TWTB at blazepod.com for 15% off your order. That's TWTB is in train with the best for 15% off at blazepod.com. In terms of recovery, and, and that's something you mentioned is, is a you know, maybe that approach should be a little bit different. Obviously there's going to be a baseline sure. of like carbs, protein, et cetera, yeah. uh, that, that is required on the nutrition side of it. But what else from a recovery side would you say or best practices recommendations? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be more on the, the nutrition side than anything else. I mean, we, we, we know that everybody's going to respond really well to sleep. That doesn't change between male and female, but, uh, I know for a fact that we would, that women because of estrogen, don't need as much carbs as men do, right? They, 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 they're not going to process them or they don't rely on carbs as much as men do for explosive strength or, 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 or really anything because they have a little bit more, they, they carry a little bit more fat in their muscles than men do. They don't need that. They don't need those carbs. They need more fat than, than men do, right? So whereas men, if they, if they ate a higher fat diet, they probably wouldn't respond as well as a, as a female would, right? So... Those are probably the the slight differences there. I, I wouldn't say slight because that probably is a probably a pretty big difference when it comes to nutrition. I just don't want to talk too much about it because I'm not the expert when it comes to that. But right. I do know that that is a thing. Yeah, I do know from like Megan's stuff. Like she's preaching carbs, carbs, carbs all the time because I think mm-hmm. what happens, and this is where like the the science and the research, you know, can. I would say conflict with best practices of being an actual trainer and talking to clients. Sure. I would probably never tell like, this is supposed to be a podcast by trainers for trainers, sure. right? Is a trainer. That's a good thing to know. And if someone is just like eating cereal and massive bowls of it for three meals a day, like, yeah, okay. Maybe you can cut carbs. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And what'd you have for a snack? A bagel. Okay. Well, right. we probably need a little more diversity in your diet. Um, but you know, in talking to like Megan and, and right. looking at her stuff, she's always trying to preach, especially, I mean, she works with a lot of female runners, like, Hey, you need Correct. more carbs, right? If you're, ta- if you're talking to a runner who, who runs right. a lot, who like Candace, right? She runs 15 miles a day. She needs carbs. Right. You, 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 right. you need that to fuel your run. But if you're somebody who lifts three times a week, you probably don't need that much carbs. Right. Right. At that point, your fuel can be a little bit different. Right. Um, your, your heart rate and your, your kind of your entire system, obviously your cardiovascular system is running on a, on a different way. Um, and what you need to repair those muscles, et cetera. Um, like you still need some because you're, you need the carbs sure. to assist the protein synthesis, yep. et cetera. But, um, like you're saying the the composition is a little bit different. So your diet, uh, ultimately can reflect that according to, you know, what Chris is saying based off the research. Um, but that is again, like, what Chris, like, the, I just want to like be very clear on this. What Chris just said, what I'm about to say, do not conflict. It's just that as a coach, as a trainer, if unless you are a dietitian or you have the nutritionist background, be very, very careful about making recommendations based off that, um, because oftentimes our client, like, you are much, much, much more likely to have a client that is underfueling than overfueling or fueling incorrectly. Like the, the biggest mistake a client is probably going to make, especially if we're talking about the gen pop or frankly, honestly, even, uh, even 
high high end athletes, especially mm-hmm. high end female athletes, mm-hmm. like they are much more likely to be under fueling their needs than they are to be, you know, having some massive difference being made by tweaking their macros and, and tweaking their intake. And so that's why it's great to have what we have where we can have, we have these people that are super high end that we can call. And like, obviously if you work with a team, like at the, the college level, um, you know, you, you should have a nutritionist on staff somewhere or someone, in, you know, in the university that you can hopefully go to and be like, Hey, you know, can you look at this athlete's diet? Are they getting enough? You know, could we, you know, they're, they're doing well. It seems like they're fueling enough. Okay. Now could we be tweaking what they intake to help their performance and, and get better recovery out of it? Um, but that, that's good to know in terms of like, okay, they actually are getting the right things is what it looks like. What if we tweaked this here or there? But again, um, always in consultation with the, the proper people. Exactly. Um, I, I don't think that's why it's good to have a team. I don't think that you should listen to this podcast and say, hey, these are the differences and this is how I'm going to train all my athletes differently now. What I think you should do is, like you said, if if you have somebody who, who does need some some more attention, then you can refer out to more professionals like Megan and everything is individualized, like you said earlier. It, it depends if you're a runner or a lifter or you know mm-hmm. a, a basketball player. These are all very very different scenarios, and I think there there are a lot of different things to consider when you're talking about somebody's weight training program, plyometric program, and then more importantly, your your nutrition program. You know, for for the most part, our nutrition suggestions are very basic. Right. Like we help we help the people who need to clean up the very basic stuff like, yeah, you should probably eat more than a bag of M&Ms like after a workout. Right. Like those are those are simple things. (laughs) Right. But when we're talking about like somebody who's like, hey, I'm do I'm already doing all the right things or I think I'm doing all the right things. I eliminated, you know, this and that. I've eliminated greasy foods, this and that. I'm eating this much a day. Those are the people that are probably like, all right, hey, if you need to take the next step, here's some things to consider because. Hey, you're you're eating like a guy. You're eating your boyfriend's workout program or his meal plan, and that's probably not going to work for you. Even if you were a guy, that probably is not going to work for you because you guys are two different individuals. So, right. you know, uh, th- these are just things to consider. And you know, hopefully, you, somebody who's listening out there goes and does a little bit more of the research or, or seeks out an expert when it comes to nutrition stuff. No doubt, and and I think that also, by the way, goes for the weight training, right? Like at the end of the day, the stuff that we're talking about doesn't matter if you don't have the basics down. Like, are you right. loading your athletes enough? Are you, you know, getting right. The, the right mix of, you know, plyos and, and high end strength and volume work. Like yep. if you have all that down and you're still hitting a wall, that's when you get into these finer points. That's when you get exactly. into these details. Exactly. And, and I think that once, you know, once you're at that level, obviously typically we're talking about some of the higher end athletes, um, that, that, you know, we've had the great fortune of working with over the years, whether it's high schoolers getting ready for college, college, uh, athletes, or even some of the professionals that we worked with over the years. All right. Uh, any thoughts on this? Hit us on Instagram at train with the best 21 hit Chris at trainer Gores. I'm at Craig underscore Hoffman. Uh, that's it. And that's all for this edition of the pod. And we'll see you next week on the train with the best podcast.